Well, hey. Ryan, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, world, to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. It's great to be back. Ryan, it is very good to be here with you today. And uh, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, here. oh, yes, we're going to share on socials because we are live on the socials. Yeah. On the platforms of media of all sorts, um, you can join us here. Uh, and, I, and if you are, say hi in the comments. If you're uh, with us on Facebook this afternoon, um, we're live right here. At, it's 3.30, a few minutes after 3.30 here. And uh, if you're watching after the fact, then uh, please feel free to comment and whatnot, but uh, we won't be able to interact with you directly. Um, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you can. If you're joining us on our podcast feed, thank you for finding us. Uh, you can find that wherever good podcasts are found. Uh, or bad ones are found. Or bad ones as well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we are Vitology, V-I-T-A-L-O-G-Y. It is the study of life right on we got irene on here All mark right. on here good to see you guys what's number of other up folks, everybody so. what's up irene hello mark good to see you guys and uh, a bunch of others are joining as we speak we're in a little bit different time and uh because that's because this is uh this is baseball season still and it is playoff, playoff. season here we go and yes, indeed. And our, our boys are both on different teams, but they have the exact same schedule. So it turns out <laughs> it works out well. It works out well. So I'll see you later tonight yes, um, on the will. other field. Yeah. I'll look over and wave. We'll be uh, walking. Well, Kelly will back and forth between two fields. That's it's I right. I coach one of the teams. Oh, it's hard right. to walk back and forth. Yes, but, it is. Yes, because you have two games. Yeah. Yeah, both you at have five two games, both at five. Yeah. Okay, and I've got one game, and so why don't um, I'll pray for the Angels, you pray for the Dodgers. There How about go. that? That's the way it works. That's good. And yeah. everybody else, especially all you Escondido people, I want you to pray for the Dodgers tonight, okay? And the Angels. That would be great on both ways. Yeah, isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, that's what I've been telling everybody, and uh, they lost last night, and I told some of the uh, some of our elders that they weren't doing a good enough job praying for the Dodgers. There you go. And uh, I like uh, that they probably agree. They probably agree. They were they not. They don't want God to get mixed up <laughs> and actually bless the no Dodgers. The Dodgers. The, yeah, the wrong Dodgers. Major League Baseball team. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to get as we all many know people. God gets mixed up, right? It's like God, I didn't know what you're talking about. My bad. Yes. You know that's yeah, true. Right. Right. That's. I guess that's. Uh, that is not true, right? We know. We know that's not. But oh, that's funny. Um. Well, hey, we have uh, quite a few things to talk about. We have some uh, listener questions and uh, to, to talk about, right on. to get at. We've got some uh, some issues to talk about, both, I guess, some in the same. But we've got a great passage to we talk do. about as well. Yes. And so, um, like always, please feel free to, in the comments, to ask a question. If you've got something that's been on your mind that you just feel like uh, you need to ask, it could be related to this passage. It could be related to something completely different. And uh, we will do our best to give you an answer. A response. A response of yeah. some sort. Yeah, whether it's, you know, it's a good one. That's for you to decide. And uh, but we'll do our best. All right. We and, will. And we are like always, we're going to try our best to point you to scriptures where the, the source of life is found, which, yep. you know, in the scriptures point to that source of life, uh, who is Jesus. And so that's what it's all about. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. And so good afternoon. I see Connie has joined us. Hello, Sister Connie. And Carolyn Schmidt is here. Good afternoon to Great you to as see well. Everyone. Yes. Thank so you. So glad for, you're here. Thank you for chiming in. So um, this week we had a guest preacher. Do you want to tell us about who that was? Yeah, we had Dr. Mark Strauss, who is a uh, just world-class scholar. Um, he's was one of my seminary professors. He was yeah. my uh, Greek, New Testament, a uh, number of other things. I, I took everything I could from Mark. So awesome. I think the way you do seminary well is you take classes over professors. So, I'm sorry, professors, professors yeah, yeah. over classes. That's, I, I, I knew what you meant. Gonna be I knew what you meant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so anything Mark was teaching, uh, I took whether I was, you know, interested yes. or, or whether it was an, an alignment with my focus or not. And so he's, uh, he was great and did a, just a really good job unpacking the scriptures. His dad is uh, one of the former pastors of Emmanuel Faith. Yeah, so yeah. Doc Strauss, um, pastored here for a number of years. 
a yeah. great preacher and expositor. And so it was really fun to have Mark with us this weekend. He did a wonderful job. He really did. He really did. And I, but I, in general, I think that's just good advice for any college students out there. Any uh, Anyone that knows a college student, um, figure out who is the most loved teacher. Yeah. Find out the one that that is it, they typically have classes that are hard to get into. And so, you know, get on their list. Wait for them. It doesn't matter what they teach. It you know, it does not matter. It doesn't at all. OK, it could be a this is, a, this is good advice for college students, seminary students. This really can't. Yeah. This really is um, wherever you are. I mean, it could be a theology of art class. Yeah. And that would be awesome if it's a really good teacher, yes. right? Or I don't know. I don't know what I'm, it could be whatever it is. And uh, it'll, it'll just makes it better. The teacher, mm -hmm. the teacher. It, yeah, it does it. So agreed. So anyway, that's, I like that. I like that. So, um, so your professor, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I never got to take him. I didn't, uh, I didn't go, I didn't go to that seminary. So yeah. That, and I mean, uh, when I say world-class, he really is. He's worked absolutely. on the NIV uh, translation of the Bible. He's on the translating committee. So he is. He lead just, that? I mean, he, he was, yeah, he was one of the leaders, I yeah. think. And just a uh, great scholar. Written great some great books that yep. I've read that um, you profound. Uh, Jesus Behaving Badly is yes. the one that I would plug so for cool. Mark. I, I just, I love that book. I think so it's cool. so winsome and, and, and great. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so he, and, and this was, I think this was a wise choice for, for this passage in particular. Mm -hmm. So tell, tell me why you thought, like, you saw this passage and you said, like, hmm, Mark, Mark. Strauss. Yeah. yeah. Well, this text in, in Acts 17, Paul is at the Areopagus in, in Greece, and he's interacting with the, the best minds of his day. Yeah. And so I love the way that uh, Mark sort of framed it, that Paul had had physical challenges up until this point, right? Persecution, et cetera, et cetera. But in Athens and at the at Mars Hill, he has his greatest intellectual challenge. Yeah. So how am I, like Paul has to think through, how am I going to engage these brilliant minds with this sort of simple gospel message, mm -hmm. right? And so I thought, man, if anybody knows how to engage brilliant minds, it's Mark. And so let's have him come and teach this passage. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it because this is, this is one of these guys who uh, has devoted his life to yeah. this, this field of study and of research and academics. And, uh, and so um, I, I love that, uh, but he doesn't, he, I mean, he, he nerds out a little bit. And by the way, yeah. that's a good thing. It is a good Let thing. Let me be clear. We've, we've at times have apologized, but uh, someone stopped me um, the other day and just said, we want you to nerd out, Josh. It's okay. okay. There you go. And so you have freedom, Ryan. We can nerd out, but but hopefully in a winsome way. I like the way you said that because that's that's something that Dr. Strauss he really does, and he can he can go there, he can go beyond either of us in the nerdum way. Of, <laughs> um, he can go to the, the extremes of nerdaciousness, <laughs> nerdery. Okay, good. Um, he could. And yet he he can also bring it to a level that's understandable. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Appreciate that. And and I think I think that's modeling a lot what what Paul does here. Yeah, and that's uh, a great point. I yeah, and so I think it was a it was a it was it was a great option to. I mean, it's great to have him here. Um, and he's so loved by our our people. He grew up here, mm -hmm. so I'm guessing there were some people in the audience saying, "I remember him when he was in the nursery." Absolutely. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's really cool. So, um, okay, so um, you mentioned the Areopagus. Yeah. Um, he explained in the message that uh, that was also referred to as Mars Hill. Yep. Because Areopagus is just the Ares is the the Greek, Greek word for the Mar. The Latin translation is Mars, yeah. and so uh, the Mars is the god of war. War. Ares right. is the god of war, also, and so this was kind of the the place dedicated to Aries. Yeah. And it happens to be a hill or a pagos. Uh, uh, have, yeah. have you been there? I have, Ryan. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> um, I did get a chance to go there. And and uh, and actually, it gave me, being there gave me a ton of insight about this passage. Oh, cool. And and I, I went there because of this passage. Rich. Well, like what kind of things? Okay, so um, 
so here, let me, and this, this, I just, I love this story. I happened to be uh, visiting one of our teams in high school ministry where we sent a team to, to Albania. We did that for years. And so I had a relationship with the church there, but I couldn't stay the whole time. So I went and traveled there to meet with them. And, uh, and of course I'm, I'm a high school pastor on a high school budget and we're trying to do this as inexpensive as possible. So it just so happened that the, the least expensive ticket that I could find got, had me going through Rome with a, with a, like an eight hour yeah. <laughs> layover in Rome, eight hours in Rome. It's hard to fill your time in Rome. Um, spent all sorts of time tra- walking around there, um, got back on the plane, got to Albania and then had me going out via Athens. Okay. And I had, I had almost eight hours in Athens. Okay. Now it just so happened that those eight hours were from 11 PM (laughs) until about nine in the morning. That's awesome. Okay. So I did not have the best hours. I guess that's 10 hours. Anyway, whatever it was, it was um, not the ideal hours to, um, to be a tourist, but that was okay because I only wanted to go here. Hmm. This passage I just love this for a bunch of reasons, but one of them is because um, I I was a philosophy major and and here and I studied philosophers. I studied some of these people that that were actually on this place, and huh. so to see Paul interacting yeah. with philosophy, yeah. and and I think that Paul is 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 doing something that the philosophers couldn't do. Hmm. And actually win which them is, over. Which is what? And he he actually, well, he, he, uh, he walks away huh. is one thing. He actually he actually is able to um, to promote Jesus and live. <laughs> I, okay, and I, I'll tell you, Socrates wasn't able to do that. That's true. That's, that's a great point. Socrates made some claims about the deity that they killed him for. Huh. In fact, it's not very different than what Paul is saying here. Which is interesting. That's they don't kill him. Yeah. Um, and, and so he does it in a winsome way. I think I think he is holding his own among the philosophers. He, he certainly that, did. That yeah. he is, uh, he's teaching them. I mean, it's just, it's a powerful statement. So anyway, okay. I, I, I really just wanted to go here. Yeah. And um, I didn't even walk to the, the, the um, Parthenon is right there. You can see the Parthenon. So it's a hill on Athens. It's a pretty... It's not very noticeable hill, um, but you can find it. Okay, so it's not very big. There's bigger hills around, but it's a it's a it's a hill with a lot of rocks on it, and and right behind it, or you're kind of in the shadow of the Parthenon, which is oh. a temple to the the god um, Artemis, I believe. Is okay. it Artemis? Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe. Okay, hers was the one of the seven. Yes. Well, well that was in Ephesus. So it is Athena. Athena. Athena, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get there, um, and uh, and so this is this is this huge, beautiful temple that you can see it from this hill. It is it's right there. I mean, you know, I have some pictures where it looks like you can touch it. Huh. I mean, it's that close. And and here, um, one of the things that I noticed is that that when Paul is talking, and specifically when he's he mentions that that the. It's talking about the unknown God. Yeah. What he's saying is that the, the God does not um, does not live in temples made by man. Hmm. That I we don't know this, but I'm pretty sure he would have just said he would have just pointed over his shoulder at the temple. Oh, that's cool. He's yeah. not. What he's saying is God is not there. Wow. He does not live in your temple. So this is a this is a really powerful statement. Right. When and when you see it there, you go like, oh, that's amazing. Because that, that, that's a, a pretty magnificent temple that if he's pointing at it, he's pointing at a place that people came from all over the region yes. to worship at. They, it was a pilgrimage for them. Absolutely. And, uh, and here, the, um, this, is, this was a place that people gathered to talk. Mm. And, and as, as uh, Luke, Luke mentions, that, uh, that they did... The people, the all the Athenians, um, <laughs> and the foreigners who lived there um, would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing of something new. Yeah, right. This is that. That was Athens. That's what they were known for. Mark, Mark said, um, "That's we just call that the internet now." <laughs> now we call it the internet. <laughs> um, but you know what was unique about Athens is this is this is where 
where Socrates taught. Right. This is where Aristotle, yep. his school was. This is where, where Plato, in between those two. Um, these, this is the birthplace of new thinking. The greatest minds. The greatest yeah. minds had been there and had probably been on that spot. Yeah. And had probably taught there. I mean, that's the that's the crazy thing. And here Paul is stepping in there and uh, and he's holding his own. Yeah. If not surpassing them. Yeah. Uh, how cool. So man. how cool. All right. So, yes, I've been there. Love this. Love this passage. Um, oh, man. People saying hi while we keep going here. Um, um, how to read the Bible in uncertain times is a great book that Carolyn recommends. Mm -hmm. That that was a very well done. Yeah. Um, I love how he talks about bridging the context in that and then uh, josh i just got the book uncommon decency that you referenced okay good some richard right mal there you go Richard Mao, one of my professors yes. at, at yes. fuller um absolutely i have that book it's a great one well good uh, um okay so here he is standing there and uh um Let's let's go through a little bit of what uh, what Dr. Strauss had. Yeah, to say. so he sort of framed it up um, in how how Paul engages the conversation, right? So he points out, hey, you have an a, a, an idol to an unknown god, mm -hmm. which wasn't all that uncommon in that day. It was sort of a let's cover a basis just in case. Yeah. And and one of the things that he referenced was that in um, in ancient times, you often viewed the gods as um, uh, wanting to appease them, sort of get them off your back mm -hmm. and get blessing from them, but just make sure you didn't get make them too angry. Mm -hmm. And uh, so give them their offerings that they deserve so they're not too upset, mm -hmm. right? So that they, they don't strike you down. And the uh, altar to an uncommon or an, an unknown God was a way to cover your bases just so that in case there was a God you forgot about, they weren't too upset, right? Yeah. And um, actually, uh, a just a quick reference on that. If you're interested in a book to read more about that idea, there's a book uh, by Larry Hurtado called Destroyer of the Gods. And it's about the way that Christianity spread in the um, first century in the Roman Empire and the way that really Christianity is the first religion or Judeo-Christianity to have an affection for God and to believe that hmm. God has an affection for us. Hmm. And... Um, so to invite people to draw near and mm. to cultivate a with God kind of life is unique mm. in the religious scene of that day. And so uh, that, that's um, Destroyer of the Gods by Hurtado. Really nice. great book. Nice. But So Mark didn't reference a book, but he did reference that idea. And so Paul uses that. And I love the way that Paul utilizes the cultural context of the day yes. in order to build a bridge to sharing the gospel message yes so i just love that he's observing that he's engaged with culture and not in a way where he's like um let me let me tell you why you're wrong mm -hmm. uh, but he's like let me tell you about the god that you don't know so in in a sense i think paul was almost we could read it negatively and and sort of uh and he's like in a pejorative way sort of going well let me tell you what you don't know or we could say He's actually answering their question. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know about this huh. God, but let me share with you yep. about who he is. And he's actually the God over who's the God, God over, over, all. over all creation. Yes. Um, ironically, you missed the only legitimate one. Yes, exactly. And so I just love and I think as a as a follower of Jesus and um, certainly in our current day, it's easier to be um, demeaning of culture it's easier to be antagonistic against culture. It's also easy to be sort of synchronistic in, in our, in Christian circles, Ooh, right? Where we yeah. go, Hey, I, I can remember when I was in high school, you know, like going to the Bible bookstore and you see the signs on the CDs, like, Hey, if you like Dave Matthews, you'll love jars of clay. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. You know, and like I bought their first album and thought, you know, you're right. Their second album, not so much. I'm going to say with Dave Matthews, but um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but so I think it's easy to be antagonistic. It's easy to be synchronistic. It's harder to be engaged in a way where you're actually listening to the questions mm -hmm. and then coming in with, with gospel answers to the questions, which hmm. is exactly what Paul does. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just brilliant. It is. It absolutely is brilliant. No, he really knew. He really, and this is the thing that I don't think, I don't think we understand um, fully that, you know, this guy, Paul doesn't have the internet <laughs> to, to like Google search who is, 
who is the, I don't know, who is a Athenian philosopher, mm -hmm. right? And as if um, he's been immersed in their culture, immersed in their way of thinking enough to where he can pull out, out of thin air, a quote from Epimenides. Yeah. Right? The, um, uh, you know, one of their, one of their thinkers. And in fact, Epimenides, I believe, was like 600 years earlier. So Epimenides is before Socrates, right? I mean, he's way back there. And he just pulls out this quote, which this is, by the way, the second time Epimenides is quoted in our scriptures. Which yeah, that is interesting. I did not know that until you mentioned <laughs> that in our writing team uh, last yes, week. Yes, yes. Yeah, interesting, dude. Uh, you know, but, but sure enough, he pulls this guy, he pulls this quote out um, in him. We live and move and have our being. Mm -hmm. See that that quote. Um, I, I mean, I've heard it quoted, you know, as scripture, and it is because it's here. But that is a quote of a an ancient philosopher, right, by the name of Epimenides. Yeah, and and I I read it. I don't know how you read it, Josh. So let me know. But yeah, yeah. Um, that Paul's affirming that Epimenides is right. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. and. So there's layers there. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Of we could dive into this, but let me just like the base level layer that just like obvious is Paul is quoting somebody and affirming that what they said was true, even if he doesn't agree with everything Epimenides wrote. Yes. So certainly there are things that he would say, well, I don't agree with Epimenides on this. Yes. Now I bring this up. Because one of the things I found out about Emmanuel Faith and didn't really know before I got here almost mm -hmm, two years ago mm -hmm. was that there are, are some in our congregation who don't think our preachers should, um, should quote people that they don't fully agree with. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So if I if I quote somebody, we should be able to affirm everything that they've written. And I'm going, oh, I don't. I don't think that's the standard. It wow. wasn't the standard for Paul in his preaching. Oh, no. Like Paul's quoting Epimenides not to say, I agree with the all of his work, but to say, I agree with this. Let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah. You know? And so, um, huh. you know, when people actually come to me and ask me, hey, wh why do you quote people that are maybe a little bit off in some areas or you don't agree with everything? And I'm like, I haven't even read everything they've written. You know, how... <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to answer that. I don't know who has, um, but no, I agree with this part and let's use that as a discussion. More yes. Let's, let's, let's just like Paul, let's allow it to help us engage God. Absolutely. God. Absolutely. So, well, and that, that's such a, that's such a hard standard because um, Ryan and I, you know, I love you. I, I haven't read everything you've written, but I guarantee you <laughs> that I don't agree with everything you've written. Oh, no, I can probably go back on some old things you've written or maybe some new <laughs> and, things and go, I don't know. And, and I'm guessing it's the same. <laughs> totally. I mean, in other words, and what I'm saying is I, I don't know anybody that I can agree with everything they've written. I've, I've, uh, for at one point, I used to say that I've read everything that C.S. Lewis written. And then I found that he read, a, he wrote a lot of other articles and things that I've, I, I found I haven't read. Anyway. He wrote a lot. Um, I, I, I've read a lot of his. I agree with a lot of what he said. Yeah. But there's there's multiple times when I go, nope, I wouldn't put right. it that way. Yeah. I, that's just not what I believe. I always tell people, like, the only book that I would fully agree with are, are the scriptures. Absolutely. And um, so anytime we quote somebody, there has to be that asterisk that says, we don't agree with everything, just like I'm sure that there was for Paul and Epimenides. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and in fact, that brings me, you know, sort of to the other quote of Epimenides. Oh, bring it on. Which, so, um, cause I, I think Paul doesn't, uh, here, here's what it says. The other quote, the is, other quote is an interesting one. It is. Uh, so this is in, in Titus one twelve. Um, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own. So by the way, this must've been someone that Paul knew and Paul understood and had studied fairly well known. Yeah, uh, he had studied uh, Epimenides, so he quotes Epimenides here. Um, one of their Cretans, sorry, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, "Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons." Now, um, <laughs> okay, now here's the thing, and Paul's using this to kind of he's being a little bit facetious here. He is. He's he's playing with us a little bit because. Um, 
Paul realizes that that's not true. Yeah. That, and here's, here's why. <laughs> so Paul doesn't agree with this statement. Right. Because here, um, Epimenides was a Cretan who actually his school was set up in Athens. So um, so he he lived in Athens. That's why they would have loved him. But he was originally from Crete. Um, a Cretan is saying all Cretans are liars. Right. Okay. Now, if a Cretan is saying that all Cretans are liars, does that mean he's a liar? Because if that means if he's a liar, then that statement is not true. And if he is. And he is. <laughs> Is the statement true? Exactly. You just, <laughs> you would have to say no. And so that it's actually called the, the Epimenides paradox. That's um, awesome. And so um, here we That's have funny. two examples of one that Paul's agreeing with. Right. And one that Paul's intentionally not agreeing with. Yeah. Um, in our scriptures. Yeah. And so um, there you go. Wow. <laughs> that that is that's interesting isn't it yeah and really I, interesting I, I thought so i thought so now but of course now we're nerding out yeah. and so you're welcome that's <laughs> just going to call this the nerd out podcast anyway but it is interesting how so one of the things that i that stands out to me so uh mark outlined three things that paul highlights right so highlights god's sovereignty he's ordained the places and times in which we live um he outlined god's love that he actually yeah. wired this into um, so not in into our being to want to reach out for him and he's actually positioned us to do that mm -hmm. and and he's a god who's reaching out for us as we're reaching out to him and mm -hmm. so i love the that he pointed out that um, God is not just a uh, a transcendent big God, but an imminent and personal God. Um, and then finally, I, I really like that he pointed out that uh, the answer to the question of why pain and suffering, um, we don't know all the answers, but mm. we do know that God will make every wrong right, that he's a mm -hmm. just God. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I like the way that he summarized Paul's message. Oh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think in what Paul's doing here, you guys, it's so, it's so profound. They, they believed in these gods that were distant mm -hmm. and that were above and didn't really care. So right. they had to appease the gods, Yep. right? They had to, any sacrifices, any things that they did was just in case, uh, just so that they can try to get on the gods, the gods favor. Right. Right. And, and, uh, and they didn't have any hope or anything. So here, to talk about uh, God loving mm. and God um, caring about something that, you know, us, you know, ants, right, compared to them, right? Us, like, worthless beings compared to them. That, in their mindset, that's what, that's what humans were. Mm -hmm. The gods were so much beyond us that they didn't care about us. And here Paul's recognizing that they do love us and that... And that, you know, in talk of the resurrection implies that he lived, that he died for us. I mean, this kind of stuff just would blow their minds, totally. change the way they view God. But isn't it? So just a few observations. Mm -hmm. um, Paul, Paul quotes, he quotes the people they're reading, mm -hmm. but he doesn't quote the Bible. In I, this. Know. I know. I um, know. That's not, that's a, that's just an observation. I'm not making any sort of um, point about it. Just th that's what he did here. Yeah. Uh, the second thing, uh, he refers to Jesus, but not by name. Exactly. And I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I can, I, I guess we can speculate a little bit that clearly these, they were so just I can read it really quick. Please, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case people are listening and they're going, wait, he doesn't name it. He references, but doesn't yeah. name him. It says this because verse 31, because he God has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So a man and him. Yeah. But clearly it's in reference to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think. I mean, they knew that this guy was this, you know, as they called it, a uh, teacher of new gods or something, um, you know, because because this was a new they didn't un, they didn't know this deity named Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so so they they knew that. But I think what Paul's doing here is 
um, he's he's doing a little. Um, we call it pre-evangelism, right? Yeah. It's 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 getting it's winning the right to be heard, mm-hmm. right? He's 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 letting them know, hey, I can speak your language, I can understand your prophets, and I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a little bit to, to, in a sense, whet your appetite. And and that's what happens is some of them hear and some of them like mock him and say, no, forget this. But then some of them stick around and say, hey, I I want to hear more on this. Yeah. Well, and certainly he, so we're not suggesting that he uh, wasn't talking about Jesus in general, Mm -hmm. right? Because actually in verse 18, it says some of the Epicurean and Stoke philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, why does this babbler, what does this babbler just say? Others said he seems to be preaching foreign um, divinities, like you said, because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Hmm. So very clearly preaching Jesus. But here in this sermon, he he doesn't name Jesus. Yes, exactly. The third observation that I have is that for Paul, this comes back to the resurrection. Yes. And I, I would just affirm that um, in that that's what we clearly see the early church doing time and mm-hmm. time again. Um, when, you know, we often start a, a quote unquote apologetic or defense of the faith with mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the early church started their defense of Christianity with the resurrection. Yeah. So we, we start with a, a book, as it were, um, divine like inspired scripture, they start with a divine inspired event. The, yeah, the resurrection, and I'd say the the character of God, sure. character of Jesus. This mm-hmm. is this is who He is. He loves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's very much this is this is who the real God is. Yeah, this is what I've experienced Him. And be. but like the way that we can be confident in what Jesus said and who Jesus is, was and is, yeah. is that we can have assurance. Because he yep. gave it to all by raising him from the dead. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I just think that that's an interesting uh, nuance or twist, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think so. I think so. Well, so when <laughs> I, I didn't, I don't think I, I finished. One, one of the reasons I love this is these very things that we're talking about. Um, but I actually got to to spend the night there. On, Do you know that on Marshall? <laughs> so, yes. um, as I said, I you know I was there for some weird hours, and so I brought a hammock with me. Yeah, you did. And I set up between two trees, and I just sat there and take it, took it in. And only I, an I, Enneagram I, Seven would do this. You know that, right? But I was all alone, so that that <laughs> meant that's a little weird. I didn't like. Actually, that wasn't all alone. It's kind of a party place, so there were there were like kids everywhere. It's kind of funny. Nowadays, it's not quite what it used to be, um, but it it. There's so much going on here that brings these worlds together. Can I give you one, yeah, one more um, insight? I said earlier, I think that that Paul not only holds his own, but he surpasses mm-hmm. those other ones. Okay, because here's the thing: um, these they had to um, in this in this city they had to like create that they judged people's what they were teaching, mm-hmm. and they were trying to protect people from teaching things that were inappropriate. So Socrates was killed because he taught things inappropriate. So so he taught the things that were, in, in their words, corrupting the youth. Huh. And and they they said that that Socrates was was teaching other gods, and that that Socrates was not recognizing their gods. Hmm. Okay, so so Socrates he didn't he thought that this whole pantheon of gods that they believed in was nonsense. Socrates actually, they called him an atheist, but he wasn't an atheist. Socrates believed that there was a God. Hmm. He didn't name that God, okay? So Socrates didn't know the name of God, but Socrates believed that there was a God behind everything. And that's why they killed him, because he was not, didn't believe in these gods. So here's the thing. Here's what's interesting. Socrates was one who probably would have said the God God is unknown. Hmm. Okay, now... Okay, here, can we get really into this here? Socrates was also known to be a, a sculptor. Huh. Okay, so Socrates sculpted things, but he it's also known that he was not very, I mean, he was poor. Okay, so he didn't have much money, which means that he wasn't a very good sculptor. Okay, he was a brilliant thinker, but he wasn't a very good sculptor. Now, a, a 
good sculptor would would sculpt like human form, right? Uh -huh. And statues and things. But a not good sculptor would would probably create little signs and little little um little idols like uh -huh. this that had signs inscriptions on them. And here Socrates is the one who is killed because he believed that God is unknown and that he didn't believe in all the other gods. Wow. So there's a bunch of, there's some people wow. who think that Socrates may have been the one who inscribed an altar to the unknown God. Oh, that's interesting. Because he would have believed that. Now, wow. I mean, now to wow. take this even further, I, I don't, I mean, this is, okay, this is crazy. If, if there's, if you can get close to understanding who God is without special revelation, which I, I think you can, I think Socrates got pretty close yeah. in a lot of things. Wow. And so that's, that's my that hope. I think I think there's a chance we may we may see Socrates in heaven because he believed in the unknown God that Paul believes in. Wow, I that's that, kind of my hope. Huh. And you know, I, anyway, there you have it. And that is the nerdery that I will. That, you have brought nerdery <laughs> today, my friend. No, and and yet they thought that they had to protect. Yeah. They had to, thought they had to protect. They set up these councils, and they, they were trying to protect people with Paul here. And they ended up saying, "Okay, you can keep teaching. You can go." They didn't say that to Socrates. So mm -hmm. Paul was able to win them over in a way that that they couldn't. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm glad that we don't do that anymore. Well, we, well so then again, maybe we should. <laughs> the internet has its own way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, yeah, that's back to your cancel culture that, talk and stuff is, like that, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So okay. Um, there's some other things that we could keep going on this, but, um, thank you. Michael Lyons is here late to the party and, uh, Jonathan Duncan is here. Um, welcome. Good to see you here. And, uh, and we've got some questions that have come in. We do. Yeah. yeah. And so, in fact, um, I ended up talking to some people who had this question. They asked, they asked me to, uh, to try to work it in All right. and to, here we are. to the podcast. And so if you're out there, you know who you are. And uh, here you go. Okay, we. Um, this is holiday weekend. Yes. We uh, we had Monday off. That yes. was nice. Was that was, nice. It was that. I hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day weekend. Um, this was uh, a holiday weekend, and uh, we had questions that um, my guess is they're questions you didn't expect people to have because the questions that I got were questions like. Why isn't there a flag hmm. on the uh, up in front on you know on the stage um, at church? Okay, why isn't there a flag? And why didn't we sing more songs about you know our country? Why don't we sing patriotic songs? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now um, there was a patriotic song sung. There was in uh, in the nine o'clock service. Um, and yet people still wanted more. And it was not, it wasn't a planned one. It wasn't planned. It, it, was, was, it was a, a bit, late edition request. Spontaneous. A bit spontaneous. And, yeah. and so now, Ryan, why wasn't that planned? And why did we have more? And why isn't there yeah. a, a flag up there? So this is a really yeah. delicate issue. And so for those of you that are sort of, that know that, the debate within mm -hmm. Christian circles, you know that this is a delicate issue. I don't have to tell in you. Oh. American Christian circles, this is a big right. debate. In, yeah, this is not a debate. No, no, not not unless they're asking globally. why do Americans do that this? is that is a question people yeah. ask okay. globally. Um, so I, I think it's important to say first of all what what's not what it's not. Okay. Okay. So um, one, it's not because anybody's either more or less patriotic meaning mm -hmm. appreciative of our country, grateful for our country, and specifically Memorial Day, thankful for the men and women who have died uh, giving their life for the freedoms that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you mean that to say um, because that wasn't planned in our service? Right. It's not. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a decision saying, well, I don't like this country, so we're not going to sing a song. No. What was planned is that we would um, recognize and mm -hmm. pray for. So recognize okay. the men and women that had, have fallen in battle and, um, on behalf of our country have fought, um, 
and that we would pray for their families. And we okay. did both of those. Things. So that wasn't just Scott being impromptu. And no, no, no. I had, I had said, asked him to, this is Memorial Day, please mm -hmm. we, let's mm -hmm. recognize and let's pray for. Okay. So, okay. Um, but uh, my personal conviction is that, and like I said, this is me. This mm -hmm. isn't mm -hmm. um, right now our, our elders are in conversation about as a church, mm -hmm. what's our stance on this and how do we want to engage um, with our our country and uh, our worship? How do mm -hmm. those two things mm -hmm. connect and should they be connected? And so my personal conviction is that um, our the, the worship, uh, space of worship, for public worship is to be about Jesus and lifting him high. Mm -hmm. And so I am of the persuasion and conviction that we shouldn't sing patriotic songs in the worship services. That's not to say that we, we shouldn't sing them, period. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that our choir shouldn't have a you know concert down on Grand Avenue and sing patriotic songs and mm -hmm. all that. Uh, but the, the church service is... Um, a, a unique space that where we are the people of God mm -hmm. called together and our allegiance to Jesus transcends any of mm -hmm. our national identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's really what this boils down to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So because, poke. yeah, go ahead. Let me, yeah. Let me, let me pick it. Cause um, you know, so this is something that uh, here at Emmanuel faith they've done for a long time. Now, um, I, I don't know. I don't know about you out there. Um, I grew. I grew up in in a church, not this church. Um, uh, you know, in fact, we came the first time right around the same time to this church. Um, but I've been a part of. I've really been involved in four different churches in my life, and um, all of them, all of them to different degrees at certain times would sing songs mm -hmm. that were patriotic. In fact, um, at, at, uh, at one church, which I will uh, not name, they got very, very patriotic. They, they sang songs like I'm proud to be an American. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember thinking in there that, that, you know, it's a song that I grew up hearing. Um, I've always thought was, you know, kind of funny. It's kind of a fun song kind of, I don't know, whatever, but I thought it was a little weird in church. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, in fact, I thought it was very weird <laughs> in church when that song was sung. Um, but that was a part of it. And I don't know when, but I didn't really think about that being an issue. I don't know when I started to, I, I, I have since then, but um, growing up, it was just a natural thing. It was just yeah. what we did. Yeah. But I didn't, I, so I didn't experience the Did same you? Thing. Is that right? Okay. Um, the church that I grew up in until the age of 12, um, never, I, I never, mm -hmm. I don't recall ever hearing a patriotic song mm -hmm. um, in a church service. And actually the first time that I heard one was here. Okay. And, um, or remember hearing one was here. And I went, that, that is, that's strange to me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, there is potentially a conflict between praying, God, may your kingdom come and your will be done and God bless America. That mm. if I, there, there, there may be a time where I have to choose. Mm. And if I, if I firm both of those, what God, how do I, how do I decide which mm. actually has the allegiance mm. of my heart? Right. Um, what am I yeah. ultimately holding as, as, as at the highest point in my heart. And so that's where, um, that, that's where my struggle is. Mm -hmm. So if you give me if, just a few minutes, mm -hmm. let me sort of come on. as I've been let's, processing yeah, this, because over the last few days, I've been processing a lot, just trying to think through, all right, why, why do I have these convictions? Not just a visceral response, but why do I have these convictions and where do they come from? Because if they're not biblical, then I, I want to let go of them. Right? Yes. I mean, yes. so that's, that's where I'm at. In right? other words, that if, if we do something that is just a tradition um, and, and we find that it's not biblical, then, then we need to choose the Bible over, over any Agreed. tradition. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, okay. Yeah. yeah that's what so I'm I think the, the question is, who are we as okay. Christians? 
Who, who, what is our identity at mm-hmm. its core? And here's what Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. He said this, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Mm. There is neither Jew nor Greek. And so we're talking um, ethnicity, nationality, language, whatever, however you want to boil that down. But he, what he's saying is that those differentiating factors, while still a part of our reality, do not take center stage hmm. in our Christianity. Hmm. So he's he's not saying you're no longer a male, you're no longer a female. He's not going there. But what he's saying is those things don't matter as yeah. much as you being a follower of Jesus. And I would say that Paul actually makes the point that hmm. our unity mm-hmm. in Christ depends on us viewing mm. Jesus as the supreme and ultimate um, giver of our identity. Yeah. So yeah. here's what I would say. Huh. And this is a feel free uh, listeners. You can uh, push back debate. Okay. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. Um, I have, I should have more allegiance to a brother or sister in Christ in Iran mm-hmm. than I should a non-Christian in the States hmm. that I have more in common with them, more oh. unity with them, more closeness to them than um, I do somebody who may even be a neighbor, but not mm-hmm. a, a, a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That feels drastic. I get it, but that's how yeah. I, I read the text. It, You know what? It sounds drastic, but as I think about Ryan, my experiences of, of traveling, of meeting with Christians all over the world. Yeah. Yes. That just has a, that has a ring of truth that you, when you know it, when you see it, you experience it and you can, you can meet people that are, you know, I mean, in a completely different government, even, even, you know, we've been enemies with their government before as Americans. Right. And yet there's something about the bond of Christ that, yeah. that is so much greater. Yeah. That's a yeah. I think it's a great Here, observation. The, here's the second thing that I would say, um, the, and this is just second scripture that I would want to um, at least discuss. Uh, it says in Ephesians chapter two, "For he himself is our peace." Speaking about Jesus, mm. who has made us both one. Once again, that idea mm. of bringing us together as both. Who are the both? both. There? Yeah. Here okay, we go. Okay, Here we go. Um, and has broken down in his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility. Hmm. So what he's talking, he's going back to Gentiles and Jews. So this is like these ethnicities and even you can say nationality, like all of that is embedded within this. And how's he done that? By abolishing the law of commandments, express and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in Mm. place of the two, so making peace, and that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing hostility. Mm. So the cross not only unifies us, as he already said in Galatians chapter three, but I I believe here he takes it a step further and and says he has abolished the dividing wall. Yeah. and sometimes those are literal. Yeah. And sometimes those are metaphorical. Sometimes they're religious and spiritual. Yeah. And but I would say for followers of Jesus, every wall, every wall between us has been broken down. And how did that happen? By the cross. So actually, when and, and I'm not saying that nations shouldn't have borders, they have to. Yeah. But um, but as Christians, Christians don't have borders. We don't have to. Yeah. Oof, yeah. And actually to Create dividing lines uh, that that go on nationalistic borders hmm. that are bigger than our Christian faith. Hmm. I actually think demeans the cross, and yeah. I want to be careful how how hard I say this, but that's exactly what Paul says that um, he reconciles us into one body through the cross. Yeah, thereby killing hostility. Okay, so would you say that the kingdom has no borders? Yeah, I would. Ooh, because that. Empires have borders. Empires have borders, which means that the kingdom is different from this country. Right, right. In fact, it necessarily is if we're going to recognize that there are, that there are brothers and sisters all over the world who are, I mean, in all of those. And that's the beauty of it, that in every in every nation, yeah, there are there are Christians who are, we are closer to than any other relationship we can have i mean that i mean that 
I That's believe that, that is true. And and so let me can I get yeah, one, yeah, yeah, one more? Yeah, one more. Um and let, um I would just invite our listeners, uh, if there's uh um, one I'm missing that would suggest we should sing patriotic songs during worship, then yeah. um please I I want to know. Um here uh this is first Peter chapter two, verse nine. Here's what he says. He says, But you speaking to followers of Jesus who um, by the grace of God are called into this one body that Paul has referred mm. to. He says, but you, Jesus follower, you are a chosen race, mm. a royal priesthood. You're a race. A holy nation. A na wow. So um, a people called out of darkness uh, into light that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. Huh. All. I mean, so we could go on and on. But the, so Peter says we're a race and we are a nation. Yeah as followers of jesus yeah and and so i think that that at least demands a some sort of wrestling mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to come to terms with our christian identity not just our national identity mm -hmm. and i would say that our christian identity uh should surpass eclipse not nullify mm -hmm. like so that's why i have zero issues saying gosh i'm grateful to be an american i'm so thankful yeah for the freedoms that we have for the sacrifices mm -hmm. that have been made for our guiding documents of the constitution. I believe that as we have utilized biblical principles in order to guide us, and as mm -hmm. we've actually followed those biblical mm -hmm. principles, um, that we are better for it because the way of Jesus is better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I love that. I affirm that that's good. Mm -hmm. um, and yet it's not the supreme identifying factor mm. of who I am. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and that's what Paul makes clear in a in a way that I, I, to us, from our perspective, that doesn't necessarily sound that bold to say that you know there's no distinction. But you got to remember that he is oh, he is Jewish, and his his scripture tells him that that's not. I mean, in a sense that that's not the way it was yeah. right now. Jesus has told him that it's different now, mm -hmm. but this is huge that there actually was a dividing wall in the temple, right? That the Gentiles <laughs> could not cross. This was a literal raw wall. And, and, and that's where the symbolism of the, of the, the, uh, the curtain being torn yeah. at the cross, um, breaking down and opening up access to God, yeah. the access to all people. But early on, the early Christians who were all Jewish would have said that it was access just to Jewish Christians. And so this was a big debate. This was the, the council in Acts 15 yeah. and all that stuff that they were trying to figure out still. And yet Paul here is making a claim that is so bold mm -hmm. that is um, I mean, that kind of claim is the kind of that's the kind of thing that Jesus was killed for. Yeah. And that the, the the Jewish leaders, the religious Jewish leaders um, of the day, that's why they hated Paul. Right. Because yeah. and that's and because they were holding on to power mm -hmm. that their their authority was in control. Um, and they even in fact, the religious leaders. It was when they combined their power with the power of the state. Right that they were the ones that killed Jesus. Yeah. It, it wasn't the state <laughs> that was oh, at all helpful right. to uh, right. to the movement of Jesus. In fact, um, there's a good argument to be made that uh, whenever the state got involved, it was detrimental mm -hmm. to the movement of Christ, mm -hmm. right? Oof. So I, I just think mm. that there's an implicit danger whenever we start to... Um, sort of raise something else up the proverbial flagpole to use that mm -hmm. term that uh other than i'm a child of god yeah and i'm praying that his kingdom come and his will be done yeah um that i think we at least have to pause to say what are what are we what are we really saying and what are we asking for and and who who are we mm -hmm. um i do think that there it also begs some questions because some of the the pushback that i got was well we're a christian nation mm -hmm. And so we can we can pray for God's blessing on our nation because we're a Christian nation. And um, so here's what I would say. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. And mm -hmm. here's why um, I, I don't think the scriptures use. Well, I'll say I'll say it more strongly than that. 
the scriptures do not use Christian as an adjective. Okay. It's it's a noun. So we have a group of people are Christians. That mm -hmm. that is what. But implicit within that, I mean, I th I've, I believe it's um, Acts chapter eleven verse twenty six is the very first time that people are called Christians. But they're they're called Christians because they're following the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. So I would suggest that a nation can in fact do um, things that Christians do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But they would be things like um forgiving your enemies and not retaliating when you're wronged that would be yeah. a, a, a thing that jesus taught it, uh, I, something like being generous which actually the united states is very generous yeah. like we've we have we've lived that out um and and yet i mean those things i i think those would be great things for a nation to do absolutely to to be generous not asking for something in return right to be to forgive our enemies. I yes. mean, th those would be great things. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know that that's, that's, that's typically not what a, a nation does. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it wouldn't necessarily um, make for the strongest. It's nation. hard. It, that, that makes it hard to exist. It does make it hard to exist. It, it makes it really hard to be the most powerful. I mean, but what do we, okay. So what does Jesus hmm. teach us to do with power, right? Hmm. That we, we use our power to serve, serve like yeah. the Gentiles. Yeah. Lord it over. Mm. Oh, but not so amongst my disciples, Jesus says. This is Mark chapter 10. Um, my disciples actually use their power to come alongside of and to lift others up and mm -hmm. to serve. So um, those are like to to be a, a Christianly <laughs> or a, a, a nation that lives out the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. Those are the types, not all things that they would do. Now, I would say that they would also create space for freedom of religion, just like yeah. our, the United States has, that it would a place of value on all people, that yeah. all people are created equal. Yes, those are distinctly Christian or Judeo-Christian ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And praise be to God that they have helped shape and form the way that we as a country operate. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I don't think anybody would say we've, executed perfectly on no. all of those guiding directives. And so there's some, um, I, I think there's some things in our history, even as a nation, we look back on and go, gosh, we, we didn't, we didn't live out that part of our mm -hmm. DNA as mm -hmm. uh, uh, well. Um, I think of our interaction with native Americans, I think of slavery, mm -hmm. I think it, the list could go on. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are times when we haven't lived that out well, but as far as our guiding documents, I would, I, I go, gosh, I am, I'm in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And amen. Yeah. It's it, well, it, it's the, it may be the, it may be the best that there is out yeah. there, but yeah. it's, but it's not this. Correct. And it's different than being a part of the kingdom of God. And that's yes. where I think we have to sort of differentiate and go, okay, if my allegiance is to the kingdom mm -hmm. um, and if my identity is shaped first and foremost by being a follower of Jesus, then I can have these secondary things that really matter to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know that they should start to infringe upon the thing that yeah. matters most. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the lenses that I always try to think through, Josh, is as we think about songs for worship, um, it, I always ask the question, would we sing this content in heaven? So would we gather around the throne of God and sing this? Is it is it worthy of that? Would we sing God bless America in heaven? I don't see and I don't know that we that's will, a, but that's a wonderful question. But there for me, there's a rub where I start to go, oh, I don't I, I can't answer definitively yes. To me, it would that's that that prayer feels far too small. Yeah. Um, and, and very us, them I'm reminded of, um, uh, Joshua chapter five. This yeah. is one of my favorite passages yeah. in the whole Bible, actually, because the nation of Israel has just crossed, um, the Jordan, Jordan river, river and yeah. they're entering into the promised land that God's yeah. giving them and they're camping and an angel of the Lord's That's army right. comes yes. and it's most people think it's a Christophany and a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. He comes and he meets Joshua and Joshua says to him, are, are you with, with us or them? And I love his answer. His answer is no. No. Just no. <laughs> no. no. 
<laughs> it's like, well, that you were supposed to choose a side. No. And essentially in that one word answer, there's all sorts of questions that come up. But I think the ultimate question is not whether God's on our side, yeah. but whether we are on God's side. Yes, absolutely. And um, so there, that to me is part of the tension. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I, I do have strong convictions about it, but I'm trying my best to be open-handed to say, God, what, what do you want to show me that I just don't see? Yeah. And so to have a, a posture of humility and maybe our listeners can help me and go, Hey, here's what, here's what you don't see. Yeah. Uh, what I'm not as interested in is tradition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to honor it. I, yeah. I, I want to, uh, and and I want to say, okay, yeah, that's sort of where we as a nation or even a church have been. But my question is, is it biblical? Mm -hmm. Is it is it right? Yeah. And and uh, Doug points out a, a great observation that you just don't see culturally. We didn't see the early church waving Roman patriotism or um, or opposition in their in their churches. So they weren't they didn't they didn't really. Um, it, it was not important enough for them to even talk about, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, even the other political issues, because they had much bigger problems than we do. Right. And so I like that, Doug, that you say that they worship Jesus. So it, he's, he's in agreement. It would be really interesting. And I don't even know where we'd find this info, Josh. So, mm -hmm. but I just wonder after um, 325 and yeah. where Constantine, 324, Constantine um, makes the Christianity the official uh, religion of the Roman empire. I wonder if they started, uh, doing that. If then. they started doing that. Well, I have my doubts. I do. I do. And, and, and a lot of those doubts come because of what I hear from our, um, non-American believers, um, the way that they perceive this, mm -hmm. because, um, I don't know if we're the only one that does this. I, I'm, I, I, I wonder if the, in Britain, in in England, if they sing patriotic songs in England, yeah, I, don't I don't know. I don't know if they do or not. Um, but I do know that I've talked to many people all over the world um, who just don't do that. That's not a part of their uh, their worship at all, and and it never has been, and yeah. it won't. They they say if it is, it's because of the influence of the American yeah. Church. So that in a sense, we're the ones who've kind of adopted this, and and it gets into some of our history. And, and in a lot of great ways that, that you know, the, the founders of our, of our nation, but even before them, the pilgrims coming over, yeah. were really wanting to come to a land that was set apart. And, I mean, they, they were even building in some theological, like, end times theology yeah. about they were going to make, a, you know, the new heaven and new earth yeah. new was going to be yeah, here. The totally. new Jerusalem was going to be here. Totally. So they had some, I mean, I'd call it bad theology. <laughs> um, uh <laughs> as well as some great intentions. And we've kind of adopted that, that this is where God is in a sense. Yeah. And yet yeah. I think what you're saying and what the scriptures are saying, what, what even Paul oh, was saying, we're back to this. <laughs> yes. yes. Came around. Oh my goodness. Even Paul was, was getting at is that, that he's not his footstool. His earth entire of his footstool. He's not in a temple. Yeah. He's not in a city. He's not in a country. He's not bound by that. He's not bound by that. And yes, he's involved, but he's above it all. And that is huge. You know what? I think just really quick, Josh, before mm -hmm. we um, uh, peace out, because we will here in a moment. But I, I think it's important for our listeners to know and our church body to know um, that as I'm wrestling, I'm trying to engage people who mm -hmm. I think will disagree with me, but who have thought through it theologically and have a vested interest. Mm -hmm. So um, we've reached out to two uh, military chaplains. Oh, good. And asked them, what do you what do you think? That's great. Um, and both of them have said, we don't think we should sing patriotic songs in church services. Okay. Both of them. These are men who have you know, given their life or serving, in a serving. Sense, active. Yes. Um, yes. And that are uh, that have studied scripture, so they know their, their word. They are you know, to get so chaplain. Is, you've got to go to seminary. You've got to, all those things. Yeah. So this is not the debate. Is not about are you patriotic. The no. debate is not about do you love our military and support our military. The answer to both of those for me is yes. For both of those two men is yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, the, the question is one of worship. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so. 
and that's good. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very glad because you're, do you, do you dislike the song? Um, God bless America. No. Do you think it's a bad song? No, do you, do you not want God to bless America? No, I, I would love for him to bless America. Okay. Okay. And all, all 196 other countries. Yeah. Because he cares about them too, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. so it's not about not liking that song. It's it's more the the placement alongside of the worship of the one true God. Right. Who is um and, and I, I get that. I see what you're saying, that there is something so drastically different that when something like that is in the presence of our worship of God, it just feels like and it maybe it should feel like just a contrast that's just too yeah. much it does for me but i want to create space for it's, people yes. where it doesn't I and it. try my it. best to honor and love and um and just uh try to come alongside if i can yeah yeah so so maybe that my my should language was a little too strong well, i don't I, yeah. I don't want to should on anyone and with unnecessarily <laughs> You hear, see what I did there? Yeah. Listen closely, just in case. All right, everybody. Well, this was a great discussion. Oh, and and I, I hope, in a lot of ways, I hope this is something you out there that you haven't thought of. And and I hope that if, um, and now we're at the end here. So if you're at the end and either you're fuming <laughs> or confused or that. not, that's, that, okay. that's okay. But yeah. what I want you to do is to stop and say, ah, I wonder if you've thought it through. Because I, I, in talking with this, I've, I've run into a lot of people who've just kind of said, huh, I've never thought of it before. Well, and and if, you, if you have and you're going, no, I have good reasons, then I, yes. I think Josh and I both say, like we want to hear them, send them in, please, um, because we want to engage this topic. This isn't for us a one and done type of a thing. I, I feel like as Jesus followers, we need to engage our yeah. culture, our nation, all of that, and bring our full self to the table when we do. So. Yeah, and so you can do that at uh, questions at efcc.org. Um, you can let us know, and uh, we would love to interact. Question questions at efcc.org. Um, and I'm going to put that in the comments there. Um, we would love to we'd love to, to talk more about this or whatever it is that is on your heart. Um, looking forward to uh, another couple, another yeah, couple two weeks, more. two more weeks yeah. of uh, not so normal, not, not so, so new. new, nor not, not so normal. So normal. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you all for being here. It is our hope and prayer that uh, because of this, because of your time in this book in the scriptures that you will uh, find the life that uh, God has wanted you to live and that you would live it abundantly. And Amen. so blessings. Amen. Go Dodgers, go Angels. <laughs> Amen. God bless.